Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show. The Twist. Welcome to the Twist News. I'm Erica Gray. And thank you for joining us. This is Don Pravda speaking. Today we're going to talk about a recent comment by Sergey Lavrov that was broadcast and actually many highlighted one particular segment of that broadcast. And that's when Sergey Lavrov compared the Western sanctions and Western offensive as the attack on Russia that was launched by Adolf Hitler. So first we're going to play you or the segment of that speech that was re that was reported in Al Arabia News. And after that, me and Don are going to have an awful lot to say. But one of the things that I want to highlight is, Don, is who is really spearheading this attack or this, if you want to call it an attack, uh, who is really spearheading this offensive against Russia? Is it the United States? Is it the European Union? And Lavrov puts emphasis on the United States. And then there's also the Jewish piece in this right. because the European Jewish Congress were very upset because of the reference to the Holocaust. And of course, Don, you will speak on that piece. So first, let's take a listen to what Mr. Lavrov had to say. То, что происходит сейчас на Украине, это результат многолетней подготовки Соединенных Штатов и их сателлитов к началу глобальной гибридной войны против. Well, as first is that there's many preparations on behalf of the United States, but there's no mention of Europe. I find that pretty interesting because Europe also was forming relations with Ukraine, preparing Ukraine for membership, an association agreement. Right. There was a trade agreement. There was various agreements. So Europe was also having an agenda in Ukraine at the same time. So I just want to highlight that, but we'll go on to the rest. Это, собственно, никто особо и не скрывает. Наполеон мобилизовал практически всю Европу против Российской империи, как Гитлер мобилизовал, захватил и поставил под ружье большинство европейских стран и бросил их против Советского Союза. Сейчас тоже Соединенные Штаты сформировали коалицию из практически всех европейцев, входящих в НАТО, да и не только входящих в НАТО, из членов Евросоюза тоже. So he makes this statement, Don, and I spoke earlier with the first of the U.S. mobilizing against Russia. And he makes this statement that Europe is, that the U.S. is heading this and that the EU now is acting as 
within the U.S.'s coalition. And I disagree with that. That's not based on what I've been seeing within the European Union and also within the United States. And uh, what's your, any thoughts on that? Well, the extreme statement by Mr. Lavrov uh, must be considered. I can't say I truly agree with that. And that, you see, Hitler, who was determined to destroy the Jews, went from country to country. We're talking Czechoslovakia, Poland. He has to deal, I mean, Bulgaria. It's a nation-by-nation nation search to eliminate the Jewish people. I can't quite see that as a comparison. However, uh, there is that, that thrust that, that European has, that Europe has against Russia at this time, and they seem to want to implement a, their power, and at least at, at the same time, a quasi-destruction of Russia is on the charts. I agree with you there. And not only is that on the part of Europe, but also on the part of the United States. But yeah. Europe, from what I've been able to see, has a very different reason than the United States. For Europe, Russia's on its borders. And for the United States, it's a totally different scenario, or it's a totally different reason than Europe's reason. Europe has a different experience with Russia because of wars that were on its borders. The United States doesn't share that. Neither does it share, share that fear. The United States has a more of a, we need to be the top of the pecking order. We need to be the top in this unipolar world where Europe is acting for a different reason. Granted, and, and although we have a, a certain situation, our borders, mm -hmm. which is very serious, we've reached over 4 million people have crossed the southern border now. That's like creating a different nation. Yes. And that there's 11 states that have a population of 1 million or less. Now 4 million have come in. We have our own situations, our own difficulties that we should be addressing. Right, exactly. Our border issues are different than what Europe is experiencing. And also the conflicts are, is based on a long history. So Europe is acting more out of that, but also in line with the evolution of their empire. But I want to next play a piece by Bruno Le Maire at Davos. This is very telling that Europe is not acting in the United States interests because Bruno Le Maire, as you're about to listen, declares that the EU is a formidable political power. So let's take a listen to what Le Maire has to say. And this is a part of the reason that I disagree with Lavrov because of Europe's endeavors now in the building of its empire. Is that Europe over the last three years has become a super political power. So Don, did you listen to what Le Maire had to say? He's the French finance minister. 
Did you hear him actually say that the EU is now a political power on par with the United States? Well, it sounds like to me, in the days of the knights, what does a knight do for a king? The knight raises an army for the king, which makes the knights very vital. And of course, the king pays, and the knights pledge their fidelity to the king. Uh, right now, there's a lot of kings emerging in Europe, and uh, they're raising armies, they're raising funds, and they are going to be a power to be reckoned with. Perhaps going back to the old days of the Middle Ages. Is that so absurd, Erica? <laughs> the old age of the Middle Ages. What this means is that Europe is not acting in the interests of the United States. Right. It's not, and they've stated that, that their, their aim is to act now in their own interests. They're also not following a U.S. coalition. As a matter of fact, I was reading on Giever Hofstadt's Twitter account, a individual wrote in and was stating that at the onset of the Ukraine war, a German foreign minister hightailed it as quick as possible to Washington to sit down with our leadership concerning Ukraine. And that this individual also influences Ursula von der Leyen. And so we have right there in that one story, another picture of this not being led by the United States, but also being an interest of Europe. So the question is, Don, who is spearheading this, in your opinion? The US, Europe, and I do agree with Lavrov that there is an element of this wanting an annihilation of anything Russian. I mean, Lavrov's stepdaughter is sanctioned. I mean, they're sanctioning everybody and anybody. And Lavrov even brought out in that speech that they, you have to be careful now in this day and age, because what if you're sanctioned for something you state on Facebook? for something that you state on Twitter because you're now considered an enemy and now you are sanctioned. I mean, that's where this can go. Uh, so Lavrov, I think, has a good point because there is such a anti-Russian, I mean, anything that comes out of Russia is labeled as propaganda. Right. All of their media taken down. Everybody in the United States and in Europe, it's the same phrases, brutal. You see this brutal war in Ukraine. Hey, this war is any other war. As a matter of fact, there have been more brutal wars. And yet all of this, this uh, phraseology so that the world opinion would be that, oh, there's been no war like is in Ukraine. Oh, Russia's just this aggressor. But the other piece of this, I. Earl Grey stated that the Germans, of course, they just are okayed the leopard tanks now to go into Ukraine. But I. Earl Grey, 
who's an English broadcaster out of St. Petersburg, stated that Russia will be attacking those tanks. And in the process of attacking the areas or the of the weaponry, when bombings occur, then of course the media is coming out with, you know, this just this unjust, just this going in there, just bombing everything. I mean, it's okay when the U.S. did that and we hit a maternity ward in Syria. I guess that was different. I believe it was Syria. And uh, so, Don, what's your your thoughts on on this? On who is spearheading? Mm-hmm. I would say, my opinion, here's what I've learned. Don't reinvade Afghanistan and don't reinvade Russia. There'll be no winning. And they're just suffering conflict, years of despair. Where are we headed? How long does this have to continue? It's going to keep continuing. And mm. it's a proxy war. That's but right. I. I do agree that Lavrov does have a very good point in the type of onslaught now against Russia. And never before have you seen something like this where they just want to cancel everything that's Russian. But at the same time, I disagree with him that this is not spearheaded by the United States. One last comment about Bruno Le Maire. He said in the past, the empires were governed by market. It was the market that drove them. Now it's going to be power. And Europe, the European Union has various decisions that we'll be talking about and acts that um, have just been initiated so that they will be a self-sufficient power. And that's now the direction where prior it was globalization and market economies, and now it's self-sufficiency, being the leader in various industries, not relying on other entities, and then having a small circle of countries and nations to rely on for materials. And so we really are in a very different order. And so I, again, agree with Lavrov and disagree. Your final thoughts, Don? Well, very, very precarious situation. it just seems to me that the world powers are set to invade Russia, or at the very least thinking about it. And how could this possibly succeed for anybody in this world? Do you really think they want to actually invade Russia? I think they're preparing, uh, it's not only one army, armies, plural, and raising funds to go against uh, the so-called enemy and of course, that's all we ever heard when, at least when we were growing up, it was a time for Cold War. We were informed that if Vietnam uh, was not taken aback, it would be in the hands of, of Red China, as it was called, and it'll be, it was theirs. Interesting you should say that. We just read a statement by Mike McCall and other politicians around an issue that they feel time to go at Russia's now because if not, well, China will invade most, Taiwan. I mean, all these, all these what ifs. Well, and you both, know what? Both on the Republican and Democratic side. But but even what if? I mean, where is some of this against U.S. interests? China is not 
you know, imperial. China's not trying to conquer the world. China just wants oh. within its, what's in its own region. You don't see imperial Russia. Russia just wants what's in its region. As a matter of fact, been for years just attempting to build its own economy and try to have deals with the United States, but that was never able, if, if conflict, able to materialize. Conflict but that starts, was its desires. The, the powers that be go into the Ukraine. China is going to go into Taiwan. They're going to take their piece of flesh. But China, I, I, I know this is going to sound very, uh, so what? I mean, really, so what? Well, Let the Taiwanese deal with China. We get involved in too many things. Said It's not that China is imperialist. China feels that Taiwan was part. In other words, what does this really have to do with U.S. interests? What does Ukraine have to do with U.S. interests? We're in a different pecking order. This isn't like the communists are trying to spread communism around the world, like during the Cold War. This is a totally different environment. And it just seems that we're using all unnecessary tax dollars. And I just, I just don't see the point. Well, I'm sentimental to the Taiwanese community because I grew up with many Taiwanese people in, in Queens. And they were very emotional about their nation of Taiwan, their small nation, where they were free and grew up with democratic values. And in the old group, they grew up with church, which is uh, slowly fading away, I'm told. However, what it comes down to is that it seems they're going to make a move on this democratic but countries. But the thing is, but, but why should we be fighting it? This is what I'm saying. I think Why we should, should we be fighting I think these there's battles? Enough, there's enough ability to bring in statesmanship and avoid this. Well, the other thing too is as we keep fighting these battles, we're racking up a deficit. Our country right. is deteriorating from within. Needs are not being met for Americans because we keep fighting all of these battles. And I just don't see the strategic point. Talking about chips, I mean, Taiwan is the chip maker, but you have China now that's come oh. out with some super chips, some very high tech chips that may take over from those chips. And then you have the EU oh. that wants to work on chips. Everybody wants to work on chips. It may not even be, Taiwan may not even have that place going at some point in the future because things are changing so rapidly. And what the United States should be doing is what the other empires are doing. So anyway, that's just food for okay. thought, folks. It's time to end today's show. Be sure to check out our, our store, our and Amazon store, subscribe to our channel and Don. And thank you for joining us. And please keep in contact. We're interested in what you have to say. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Till next time. Next time for more from Don Provder and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.